And we're back and ready to rip here on the Imperative MX podcast, episode number four. And man, we are glad to be back for another week and another episode, bringing you all of the local motocross action from North Carolina, Virginia, and the surrounding states. Thank you so much for joining us this week. I am your host, Zach Newberry, and we would like to thank each and every person that has been enjoying the first couple of episodes already and the great positive feedback from these already. Uh, The episodes have been uh, truly humbling. If you have not checked out the other episodes, do yourself a favor and check them out on Spotify or YouTube after you listen to this one. We have a lot to talk about when it comes to local racing and some professional racing and everything in between in the world of motocross. There are a good amount of talking points to chat about in this episode from the Lake Sugar Tree 20th Annual Halloween Bash that I just got back from not too long ago uh, this past weekend, the Local Legends segment, of course, the Silver Valley MX Park AB $20,000 race this weekend coming up, uh, some professional Supercross talk towards the later part of this pod, and much, much more. Make sure to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and our popular TikTok channel. All of those links will be in the description down below. This is going to be a whole lot of fun here on episode number four of the Imperative MX podcast. But before we go any further, we have to say thank you to all of the sponsors that are all on board here for the Imperative MX podcast. West Virginia Motorsports, FXR, Silver Valley MX Park, Hydropower, and our newest sponsor that we have on board with us, Dirt Industries Custom Graphics. Support the ones that support the sport. Like these companies, helping us with this podcast to bring you these weeklies. We will get more into these companies here in a little bit. Helping me break down all of the talking points for tonight's podcast, the highly likable, hilarious, knowledgeable, and your District 29 2011 C-Class Champion, co-host heavy d what's going on what's going on heavy d you ready to get into some moto talk oh dude always ready you're always ready to uh to get right into the talking points and uh yeah uh a lot of racing went down uh this weekend especially from me so we can actually hop into the uh into the first episode or into the first uh talking point here uh the lake sugar tree 20th annual halloween bash and uh heavy d for myself going there 20 years this one might have been one of the best ones it was it was funny the vibe was good hoodie motos all around really really good fun man i've seen some uh pictures of this it looked like it was pretty sick this year for sure yeah man it was uh it was honestly awesome uh the racing was really good imperative mx put up two hundred dollars so a hundred dollars for both of the super mini class and also the uh 450 pro which was actually the open ab uh all-star i think is what they called it but um Evan Talbot, who is a local professional that does some um, nationals here and there, he was the rider to get the whole shot in both of the motos for, um, uh, you know, the Imperative MX $100 whole shot. So I told him that on the gate right before he went. I said, okay, I want to give this $100 to somebody that's local. So there was like two or three riders that were pretty local. So I was hoping one of them would walk away from it, and uh, and Evan did. So um, do you know do you know much about Evan Talbot, Heavy D? Uh, 
like if I saw him, I would know. I've heard of the name, and I, I'm pretty sure I've seen him a pretty good bit before. Yeah, he's uh, he's from the Danville, Axton, Lake Sugar Tree, Birch Creek, um, Motorsports Park uh, area, and just a very, very fast local. And like I said, he goes to the Nationals, and uh, he's quick, man. I rode the pro class on Sunday uh, out on the motocross track, and uh, yeah, man, he, uh, he spanked me, that's for sure. Um, but... Other than Evan, uh, Evan Talbot, Noah Stevens ended up showing up, and we know uh, we know Noah. He got uh, he got a moto win this year at Loretta's uh, podium guy, uh, second right behind Casey Cochran in the uh, Schoolboy One class. So it was cool for Noah Stevens to show up. Heavy D. Oh, dude, that's Noah. That's why I, I like Noah, dude. He goes and uh, he he just goes and races anywhere he can, which is good. You know, he's he's one of the top national riders out there right now um i think didn't he win a championship at loretta's no he he didn't he didn't win a championship but he did win uh a moto okay okay yeah so he won a moto but i mean still like dude you win a moto at loretta's like that ain't no easy task yeah yeah no kidding and uh yeah, he's really put on the put on the grind for sure. I know he'd been working down there at uh, with Matt Walker, uh, Moto X Compound, all year this year, moving or you know heading into Loretta's, and uh, I did a short little um, snippet of him, a write up on the Imperative MX website right after uh, Loretta's, and man, he uh, he really opened up some eyes, that's for sure, especially to take a Moto win uh, away from some of the top favorites in that class. You know, you had Logan Best, you had uh, Casey Cochran, you had Noah Stevens and, you know, many, many more. So it was cool for Noah to, you know, make his way on up and come out for the Halloween bash. Uh, that's really what he came out for was just the Halloween bash. He was not there on Sunday. So he drove all the way up just to do the Supercross, uh, 20th annual Halloween bash. Oh man. Yep. Yep. That's like true support right there. I mean, that's sick. Even though like he still came and raced one day, but like just to drive all the way like that far just to race, like I mean that's sick. Yeah, that you know you have to give credit where credits due, right? For like we talk about here on the Imperative MX podcast, go to these local races, go and you know support the ones that you know supported you on your way up, you know, and uh, go to some of these races. And I'm sure that Noah, you know, is as soft spoken as he is. Um, I'm sure that he had a blast, and it looked like he did um, the amount of times that I saw him. So uh, that was cool. Uh, Heavy D, there was 42 classes. Uh, They started practice at 10 a.m., and they ran two motos (laughs) for 42 classes. And uh, they finished right at 7.30, like they said uh, they would to start some of the Halloween stuff. But uh, that is a lot of classes, and uh, there was a lot of folks there, Heavy D. You, you wanna know what's crazy for them to, for that many classes and to know exactly when you're gonna gonna get done. That I mean, that says a lot. Like they, they don't mess around, and for it to even finish at seven thirty, and put on a fantastic show. Like, I mean, you got to give hats off to that crew to do that. That's that's hard to do. Yeah, and I was gonna actually talk about this later, but I feel like since you said it already, Ryan. Um, you know, his, his family, parents, all of that put in a hundred percent for this event. And honestly, the track showed it 402 came in and redid the supercross layout. And, uh, from the people that I talked to, they seemed to really, really enjoy it. And the dirt stuck heavy D like it, it didn't turn blue groove. 
There was ruts. It was choppy. Uh, but overall, even the moto track on Sunday was a different um, Lake Sugar Tree dirt than what I'm used to. Not saying that they added anything, but the way that they prepared it and prepped it was completely different. And honestly, Heavy D, it threw me off guard, especially on the moto track. But uh, for the Halloween bash, everybody seemed to enjoy it, especially that new layout. Oh, dude, that's that's awesome. Man, like, to put – and like I always say, I, I always try to say it because I don't want anybody to think – any track promoters, any track owners, anybody to think I'm discrediting them. But, like, that says a lot. Like, for an event, like, you bring in everybody and you spare no expense to put on a good show. Like, I feel like that's what it's all about, and that's how it should be. You know what I mean? Like, it ain't just like, you know, we're trying to get your dollar, so come race. Uh, let's blow through it, get it done. The track is what it is. You got track time and then send everybody home. It's like you come there, you, you know, go all out on the track, spare no expense, make sure track's prime, fantastic conditions all day to race on, and put on a fantastic show and make sure people want to come back. And honestly, it shows because that's why people do come back every year. And that's why the Halloween bash is as big as it is, is because of what they do, you know? Absolutely. And uh, the costume contest was awesome. Um, there, you know, from all the way, you know, infant, all the way up until, you know, 80, or well, I'd, I'd really say probably like the highest person that I saw was maybe like in their 50s maybe if that they had a costume <laughs> on you know so but regardless of the fact they had different groups and uh it was really really cool to see i saw minions i saw a lot of werewolves i saw the grinch somebody had the grinch on on halloween um <laughs> that one should have won to be honest <laughs> that oh, just, he, I, I never would have thought of that one. i i don't i don't know but it was a, it was a good one and uh and i showed you uh, the pictures uh, of myself and, and my girlfriend with our little alien costumes that we had walking around. Uh, so oh, I was going to bring that up. That Y'all had some funny-ass <laughs> costumes. Uh, yeah, man, it was uh, it was funny. She bought it off Amazon, and I was like, okay, you know, kind of whatever, right? And you go and you put it on, and you deflate it, and then you finally, you know, you're kind of looking at it as you're putting it on, and it's, def you know, it's inflating itself. And then Nicole turned around, my girlfriend, she turned around and she took a picture of me and I looked at it. And when I first looked at it, I just started dying laughing because I'm like, bro, anybody that sees me right now wearing this is just going to start dying laughing. <laughs> and especially Nicole's. Nicole's face in that one picture was honestly one of the funniest things. And I had no idea that she was doing it either until I saw the picture afterwards. And then I just laughed even harder. <laughs> What's so funny is I seen that and I was it, dude it, it had me so thrilled that picture had me like she was like, actually getting abducted. Look, I was looking like where are her feet at? <laughs> That's what I was thinking the whole time. Like it sounds jacked up, but I was like, where are her feet? Like how is she in that costume? Yeah, and who was holding her up like that? Oh man, it was a uh, it was a fun time and uh, my buddy Charlie and uh, my buddy Justin. That's who I'd stayed with and camped with. So I appreciate them uh, for all their hospitality uh, hospitality everywhere. Charlie Forbes and Justin Kendrick. Uh, Justin ended up uh, he did not race on uh, on Saturday, but he raced on Sunday and he ended up winning the thirty plus class. So that was uh, that was cool for Justin to get his confidence up as I know him as a uh, you know personal rider. But um, 
Charlie uh, just went out and bought a brand new YZ252 stroke, and he shows up on the gate in a banana suit. The, the banana and the number took me out. Yeah, the, the number took me out already and because I'm parking with him, right? I had no idea that he had this suit. Well, I had just, he knew that I had just gone up there to take some uh, pictures or videos or whatever it shall be. And I'm kind of waiting for him, you know, on the, on the gate. And I'm like, man, he's gonna, he's gotta be pulling up anytime. And sure enough, all I see is the top of the banana just <laughs> wiggling, coming down through the, uh, through the, um, you know, we're staging. And oh my gosh, man, I was dying laughing because I I couldn't believe what he had on, and he went out there and raced like that. It was it was honestly hilarious. Was it like a successful ordeal for him to race in that unit? Yes. No no tears, no rips. He <laughs> he didn't say that it really messed him up. Not that he was actually really going out there and trying. You know what I'm saying? He he was probably trying yeah. to, but you know. Um, Regardless of the fact, it was just it was just so much fun. Um, the you know it went all the way up until the night festivities. They had pumpkin carving contest as soon as the costume contest got done, uh, and the greatest costume uh, that won the adults was Jaden Vieira and Sawyer Beck, who showed up on a on a on a small little uh, Kawasaki like I don't even know. It's a small little like I, we'll call it a moped. I know it's not a moped, but we're gonna call it a moped. Ended up coming up the finish line jump of the Supercross track where everybody was standing. And they were last that ended up coming up. And they were on this moped, like, arguing and bickering with each other to be dumb and dumber. And honestly, it was the most perfect fit for them, too. Oh, my gosh. And Good gracious. And the, and the funniest thing, Heavy D, is that when they rolled up, um, Sawyer or Jaden, I can't remember which one, um, was on top of each other's backs, like getting off of the motorcycle. And then when they got off, they started fighting with each other. And I was like, dude, this is perfect. This is honestly yeah. perfect. Did they win? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ro- saying, that takes a lot of effort. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's no easy one to pull off. Yeah, no, and this is at like 8, 8.15, maybe 8.30 at this time. I'm not sure, but I know that Jaden came up to me maybe an hour or two before and said, all right, man, we're going to go and get ready. So they took like an hour and a half to get themselves ready for what they were, you know, for the main event, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It was probably arguing in the hour, hour and a half. Oh, they were probably arguing on how to put their ties together. Dude. That's, oh my gosh, that's fantastic! I love it. And you know what's so good too is that just the environment, the fall weather, right? The it's it's Halloween. Everybody goes trick or treating, RV decorations, pumpkins, um, all of this good stuff. And Ryan and the whole crew at Lake Shirkery um, did a phenomenal job this year uh, with the track prep, with the design, with the structure everything and honestly i'm not i'm not even going to be afraid to say it that i believe that all around this was the best lake sugar tree halloween bash that that i've ever attended uh which well realistically heavy d it would be all of them but yeah it, it was the best one dude i gotta go to one i need to go like i know i'm like saying it but i really need to go because they sound so sick like just the atmosphere of it like how everything goes down 
like seeing videos of it, I was like, I actually wish I was there right now. Just like, just to be around like the atmosphere of that race right now would be so sick. Yeah. And, uh, everybody was having a great time and everybody was laughing. It's towards the end of the year. Right. So everything's starting to calm down and, um, yeah, it that's why it's one of my favorite events um, is for all of those reasons that we just talked about for the last couple of minutes uh, here on the Imperative MX podcast talking about the Lake Sugar Tree 20th annual Halloween bash. And uh, before we move into the next topic, we have to give a huge shout out to West Virginia Motorsports. If you're looking for your next ride, look no further than my friends over at West Virginia Motorsports. Find your key to fun if you are looking uh around the area for a brand new pre-owned motorcycle dirt bike and or atv so make sure you stop by and don't forget to order your parts for your current bike uh through west virginia motorsports or alongside walking out the door with that brand new ride and like i say always heavy d don't forget those uh oil and air filters you know what was one of the funniest things is that on Sunday, speaking of of air filters, um, the one thing that I that I hate. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. <laughs> the one thing that I hate about air filters is when you open up a new new air filter, one of the pre-oiled ones, and it doesn't have the gloves in it already. So you just got oh. oil, you just got oily, sticky hands pretty much all day unless you can find some Gojo or some degreaser or something to try and get that stuff off. Oh, dude, yes. <laughs> I don't. Have you ever? Okay, this is gonna sound. I I I cannot be the only one, but have you ever like opened up a fresh filter that's pretty old and dropped it in the dirt? Yes. Dude, oh, your life is oh. your 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 life feels ruined at that moment. Dude, I've done that. <laughs> oh man. Oh, don't don't I'm t- not gonna lie. It, it makes me it makes me pissy warm just thinking about <laughs> how, when I've done that before. It's it just it just boils your insides because you're just so heated and there's nothing you can do. There's no way you're getting it all out and there's no way you're sticking it back in your motorcycle. Oh, dude, let me tell you, speaking of air filters, people are going to be like, how in the hell do you do? I set my air filter on fire one time. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Heavy D. All right, this wasn't this wasn't in in the schedule here, but let, let's hear let's hear this one. So, God, you remember, um, I don't know if it's still in bit. I'm pretty sure. You know, like the PJ1 air filter spray? Yep. So, my dad used to get the super taggy stuff. And it's funny I'm bringing this up, but I never forget. So it was God. This was years ago, and Justin Brayton was having a ride day out at Wide Open, which is now Dreamville MX. Yep. And so, like, I cut out of school that day, and because uh, it was during the week, it was on Friday. So that Thursday night, you know, dude, I'm pumped. I'm getting my bike ready, and um, dude, it was cold as shit that night in that shop. Uh huh. And like that spray if it got cold it wouldn't tack up it would just be cold and runny right and so if you would like put it on if you put like a lot on it would leak into your air box so i had a heater out there one of them like blow up propane heaters that blew fire out you know uh-huh and so dumb me i'm thinking i had this brilliant idea like you know i could just sit this unit in front of this fucking fire <laughs> and uh it'll like warm it up and tack up no, no. Immediately caught on fire. 
melted the cage and all. Oh my dude, god! I had no more cages, dude. I took. The, I was dreading taking that thing in the house to show my parents. I mean, yeah. I, that's al- that's almost so- as bad as as getting hurt on the pit bike and having to go and tell your parents at the track when you're getting ready to go and race that hey, I actually hurt myself on the pit bike. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to go out and race. Dude, I went and took the air for the cage, and I tried to cool it off. I took it to our warehouse and tried to spray it off, hoping it wouldn't melt. Oh, <laughs> uh, and I and I I guess it didn't go well for you. Oh no, it melted down, dude. My dad was pissy warm he was so pissed oh my god he was so mad dude ah he was living he was like if i could explain how mad he was my mom and my mom just looked at me like you dumb ass like, yeah why you do that? <laughs> <laughs> so you that's got a- one parent that's mad and the other one giving you the dumb ass look like, yeah that's- you, you, you ain't that stupid matter of fact you shouldn't even be stupid yeah that sounds exact. That sounds exactly like both, uh, both of my parents. That's hilarious. <laughs> so, I mean, anyway, but we ended up going to uh, Jeff Lomax's over to keep a reason the next morning and getting an airfield cage. <laughs> my dad was so pissed, dude. And he uh, told that story, and Jeff looked at me like, "You're a dumbass." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I mean, man. oh man, sometimes the things that you do, and hey, you know what? You live and you learn. You know. Oh yeah, dude. You do. <laughs> I was. I mean, of course, young and dumb. I'm still dumb at times. Uh, that but. was the that was the longest uh, ad read I think that we've had for uh, for one uh, ad read. So uh, make sure to go and check out West Virginia Motorsports if you need uh, if you need anything for your dirt bike ATV side by side, or just stop by and get some parts or say hello to some of the parts guys. Uh, moving into the next topic, Heavy D, we're going to talk about Silver Valley MX Park, and I am on the way tomorrow. I have everything ready. It is all packed up. The only thing I have to do tomorrow is come home, let the dogs out, put the pit bike in the back of the truck, and we riding. Dude, everybody's leaving tomorrow. Like, dude. You've heard multiple people that are leaving tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. I'm, te- I'm telling you, this is a big event, Heavy D. You know this. Yeah, I'm like, dude, I'm like, Am I, should I be skipping work or, or what? I mean, I mean, this guy is. <laughs> <laughs> he said, forget work. I'm going to ride dirt bike. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, man, I'm uh, I'm so excited, uh, Heavy D. I feel like this is going to be a big turnout. There is a lot of money on the line, 20 minutes plus one lap. There's going to be a cornhole tournament on Friday. There's going to be live music. There's going to be a lot of racing from young to old professional to age riders um there's going to be a whip contest with two jumps this time instead of one so um everybody gets three chances uh if if that's correct heavy d right yeah i'm pretty sure three yep three chances man that almost makes me want to bring out the uh the suzuki and just (coughs) do the whip contest uh you need to it's legit it's legit i know but I i don't know I don't know. We'll 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 see how froggy I am tomorrow. And you you saw I cleaned up everything today, so everything's all fresh and ready to go. Oh, dude, everything is mint. It's showroom condition right now. I've seen it. Yeah, out there in the factory garage that I got. Yeah, man. Dude, factory garage on wheels. Absolutely, absolutely. That's the way we roll. And uh, 
yeah we that's where that's where we stayed in was uh my 16 foot enclosed trailer that's where we stayed at at the uh at the lake sugar tree halloween bash this past weekend and now it's my factory garage here at the house so uh it is what it is you know uh but speaking on uh silver valley mx park this weekend ab all-star twenty thousand dollars like we said on the line uh there's so much to do and there's so much um racing and uh this event is going to be fun there's gonna be a lot of spectators i know that they get the community involved heavily so i know that last year was a huge spectator turnout and i'm sure this year i wouldn't be surprised if it um you know goes up even more oh dude i i feel like it will and you know i'm excited for it i really you know i really want to see uh a lot of these up-and-coming kids come out and race it dude like even if they're in b some top b riders like like no like we was just speaking about noah yeah i would love to see noah stevens come out and race that yeah i should have asked him uh i didn't i didn't even ask him there was so much going on and so many racing and i was trying to do some stuff and um yeah i'm all the b riders all the a riders it doesn't matter if you're from australia or you know california the united states we want everybody I mean, to come out I know we're going to hop on this topic later. I'm not trying to jump to it, but, you know, like even Dak signing with Star. Dude, I would love to see him come out and race it. Like, yeah, dude, him, Danger Boy, like, why not? Let him come race it, dude. Like, just bring, just bring the entire Star Racing Yamaha Goat Farm crew. Just bring them all. Like him, Logan Best, like all the, I would love to see them just pile in. Come in and, like, four motos. 20 minutes plus one, each one, and go at it. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like this year is going to be a barn burner. And we know that the uh, the current local legend of 2022, the people's champ, Matt Burkeen, you know that his 250 is going to be singing out there. Oh, he will be there front and center. Absolutely. He, I mean, this is his job now. He's, he's getting all of this cash. He just came back from the uh, Pledger Valley, Travis Pastrana race, and... He's coming to Silver Valley to try and take everybody's money, but we want everybody to battle him. We want this a battle. Like, here, here's the thing, too. Matt doesn't shy away from it. Granted, he may be a local dude. He may not race the top-tier level 24-7, and it may not be his full career like the rest of them. But he's still not shying away from, like, any kind of racing professional local like any of that so honestly i feel like a lot of these up-and-coming kids i mean they may say i'm crazy but hey you should take note on what he's doing like he can he may not have a ride but i guarantee he could still hang with these up-and-coming kids if not beat them yeah and i wouldn't i mean he was i mean he beat rod bell at oh i mean i i don't know i mean Say he was on a 252 stroke, so, I mean, do you really count that? But, I mean, he beat Rod Bell at the, you know, Verb uh, Top Gun Showdown just a couple of, you know, weekends ago on a, you know, on his two-stroke. Now, you could say that Rod Bell isn't used to a two-stroke. That's fine. But I've been seeing him on a uh, KTM uh, 252-stroke, I believe. I think that's what I've seen at uh, South of the Border. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... He can hang with the big dogs, especially at these local races. Like we always say here on the Imperative MX podcast, speaking about Silver Valley MX Park, that these guys can, you know, 
pros can show up to these races like legit top 20 top 15 pros and these local guys will end up Benny uh you know beating them so mm -hmm. so you can never take yeah. a, take away their talent for sure especially at a local track you know and some of them I, I you know I get they may be like well I don't want to get hurt from many O's or don't want to jeopardize anything from many O's okay like I mean you're gonna go race many O's yeah I get that but if you want to get ready for Minios, come race the dudes. Some of these dudes that race in outdoor nationals, like that's it ain't gonna get no better than that. You can turn laps on your practice track all you want. I mean, if you want to get better, go hit a gate. And this is the perfect time to go hit a gate. And I'm not just saying this for promotional reasons. Like I'm not. I'm just being straight up, 100. percent Like this is as good. It, this is as good as it's going to get for preparation, in my opinion. Yeah, this is the local North Carolina, Virginia, surrounding states national on the East Coast, if you think about it for a track-wise. Now, you could say Bud's Creek, right? But they don't do the prep, you know, for the for you know the district. Um, I forget what district they are. Um, my apologies. District 29? No. Nah, Which one? Uh, Maryland. 13, no. Uh, or are they District 9? District 9 or 5? I think 9. I can't remember, but regardless of the fact, I guarantee that those races aren't like the Pro National, and this weekend at Silver Valley is going to be like a Pro National, and even if you're on 50s, 60s, 80s, 125, schoolboy, college boy, B-class, you know, you're not going to race to All-Star, but you're going to race B-class, like, come out, get this good, long rut practice in, and yes, rut, these ruts mm -hmm. are long deep long i'm sure that they've thrown sand in there like they did last year i know that they did that off the start last year heavy d so i wonder if they're going to do that again this year <laughs> that was sawdust oh sawdust sorry not sand sawdust sorry everybody it, 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 it trust me it's like it looks so it's it, it's so close in similarity but yeah that was a ton of sawdust last year yeah so sawdust or you know just any type of uh different uh texture out there uh to deal with but regardless of the fact the track gets rough track gets long ruts uh the track is super long so you're out there for a good while even if uh you know you do four laps right i mean it's a two minute and five to two ten maybe lap time heavy okay so 220 so so <laughs> even if you're riding four laps on a you know and you're able to do a 220 you know you're still out there for close to you know 10 12 minutes so yeah and especially 60s oh, and 80s, I mean, they're gonna, you guys are gonna be out there way longer, of course. But you get the point. Oh, I mean, I mean, honestly, like, I don't think either of us can stress enough how sick this event is, and how sick it will be. Like, it's something you don't want to miss out on. Like, I mean, you remember the Hulk Evan Pro shootout days and how sick those were. Yeah. I, I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I remember watching the, because I couldn't attend. I think I, I only attended one of them, and I think it was maybe the second year that they did it. But regardless of the fact, I mean, we can't really express how excited we are just over over voice, right? It's more of an emotional thing, but, uh, or an, mm -hmm. you know, an emotion thing. But, um, man, we're excited. We hope everybody uh, comes out, even if you're not, you know, even if you don't want to race or you just want to come and watch. Uh, we just want uh, people to be out there supporting the sport. Come and find us, myself or Heavy D. Talk to us a little bit. Um, you know, 
just hang out and have a good time and uh in the great state of uh north carolina my second home heavy d hell yeah like come on yeah like show some support come have some fun get some good gate drops some good rut practice and probably some of the best racing you'll ever come across all year i mean come out have some fun show some, some support like i mean trust me you ain't gonna want to mess out on silver valley because i'm not i can assure you that Absolutely, absolutely, and that's why I'm trekking the three hours to come down there tomorrow to uh, to check out the track. So make sure you guys check out Imperative MX uh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook pages tomorrow. The social medias for uh, teaser videos and that sort of thing coming tomorrow. So uh, before we move into the local legend segment, have to give a huge shout out to FXR from high performance snow rider gear to motocross wear fxr has you covered the continuing growth of fxr means more selection for you jackets jerseys pants gloves and snow gear fxr has you covered in all of those aspects go check out the best in sizing fitting and venting in my opinion for motocross riding gear i rode uh rode with my fxr riding gear on sunday and uh one of my uh friends that i was there with asked me if i really truly love fxr and uh yes i do i've been you know wearing it for uh, i think this is my fourth year now uh and me personally riding and i love it the like i said the sizing is phenomenal the fitting is absolutely perfect they have different lines to choose choose from so if you don't want the justin barsha you know tightrope pants on then you can get a you know a slimmer or not a slimmer but a looser uh, pair. So make sure to just go and check out fxrracing.com. Uh, find them on social media as well. And uh, thank you for their uh, continuing support. Um, and every single episode, we have the FXR Lit Kit Award from the weekend. So if myself or Heavy D are at a motocross race or supercross race, uh, we will pick out the best FXR riding gear uh, from a rider that we see out on the track that deserves the uh, best lit kit award for the episode uh, of the of the week and uh, for myself at the Lake Sherry Tree Halloween Bash on Sunday I was actually out there taking some motocross pictures and Logan Rayleigh uh, came across my screen uh, he races the 85 cc 12 to 15 and the super mini 12 to 16 class and the kit it was the orange and black and his bike matched perfectly and heavy d i didn't show it to you but i'll show it to you after we get done here with this podcast but it uh it looks super super lit so uh shout out to logan rayleigh and he did really good uh over the weekend as well i watched uh, a couple of his motos so um that was really cool uh to see so um moving into the next topic here on the imperative mx podcast local legend segment heavy d one of our favorites I love it. I love it. Love it so good. And if you do not know what a local legend is, uh, a local legend is a motocross racer from the local Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina area down here in the, you know, in the, I guess, upper south of the, you know, the East Coast United States. Uh, That is just balls fast and wins no matter where he goes and, or, or she, and, uh, there's nothing that nobody can do about it because they are just that fast and they've been that fast ever since they showed up to uh, to a race and it honestly is just mind-blowing. 
<laughs> oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So this one is actually going to get going to hit home uh, to me a little bit more than Heavy D, I do believe. Uh, but on this week's episode of the Local Legends segment, uh, we're going to do Jim Neese. Uh, for the old generation and for the new generation, we did not have one this weekend. Uh, hopefully at the Silver Valley uh, MX Park this weekend that we will find one and we will uh, have one moving forward. Uh, but we're here to talk about Jim Neese, who is a local to the um, Greensboro, uh, pretty much North Carolina area, Burlington, Liberty, that area. His son is Luke Neese, who is a professional supercross rider now and trains at club. Uh, he was on the SGB Honda team, I do believe, last year, and I don't, I, not sure exactly what his future plans are. But um, his dad uh, turned pro in 1992, uh, 125cc in Orlando. Uh, he got 21st uh, for his first race in that same year in Charlotte. Uh, you would call that his hometown race, right? Uh, he finished seventh. Um, oh, and, dang. Yep. So he was good off the start. Uh, I think that he was always a uh, – I can't go back and look at the results um, for, I think, earlier than like 09 for um, Arena Cross. But I know that he was always a Arena Cross guy, so I'm sure that he got a lot of his um, expertise for Supercross since that is the best – um, as far as professional goes, that he did was uh, in Supercross, and that his best ever finish really was second, St. Louis, 1999, uh, the 125cc class behind Ernesto Fonseca. Um, and, you know, he's been, he was always a top 10 guy. Uh, he was on Cowies till 95, and then he switched to Hondas. Um, I mean, it, no matter what brand he was on, when he switched to Honda in, uh, in 95, um, he got seventh uh, in Atlanta, fifth in Charlotte. Um, the next year, he got third in in, in Atlanta. Um, then he moved to the uh, Suzuki's in 1997. Uh, top uh, top ten guy once again with a couple six, a seventh. So, and then obviously his arena cross career. I mean, he did so much through that and traveled all the way across the United States to run the. Uh, the the Amsoil Arena Cross Series, what it used to be back in the day, um, and that was on the Team Carolina Express Suzuki's, and that's what I really remember about Jim Neese was the was the Arena Cross Team Carolina Express. It was him, Jim Chester, man. It was he eventually had like Josh Thomas and Mike McDade on there, um, and uh, Tyler Bright was on there. And I believe maybe one or two more uh, local guys. But regardless of the fact, in my opinion, I trained with Jim for 12 years of my racing career. Every single summer, right after I got out of high school uh, or, you know, school for the summer, I went straight down to Jim Neese's or Josh Hall, who was a um, who was a rider at the time that I raced against. And uh, me and him battled all the time. But I stayed at his house um, and we trained with Jim for years and years and years. And it got to know a lot about Jim and the and his family and one of the one of the things was is that he was a guy that never gave up no matter no matter what would happen to him out on the track no matter what was said no matter nothing it just never give up until the checkered flag and that's one of the things that I you know constantly go by for a you know a living quote right that you just always have constantly stuck inside your head to you know try and get you going through things if 
life gets hard or whatever it may be, right? Uh, but it was never, ever give up. And Jim Neese was one of the ones that taught me that and actually showed it to me and proved it to me out there on the motocross track. So uh, Jim Neese was a, is a local legend for sure, Heavy D. Oh, absolutely. Like, I don't – did you – um? Did you ever train with Worth, Worth Hunter? Yes. When, when yep. So I remember me and Worth raced the same class. Yep. For a while when I raced. Um, he, uh, I remember one day we, I left school. What? Yeah. Yeah. I got out of school and it was when Center Road to have practice like some during the week, you know? Uh-huh. And it, well, it, a lot of people didn't really show up. I mean, some did, but like he would bring Worth and a couple of other guys and we was out there and hell, Jim just happened to be riding that day and uh, i remember he was like telling words or whatever like you need to keep up like you need to keep up like come on you got to do this this and this and so on and so forth and so like my goal as we got up on them bigger bikes and like when worthy jumped on bigger bikes he was faster than me so like i would try and keep up with him right and they were out there chasing jim and dude buddy was rolling i mean jim was in the gas and it was like this hairpin section that had an insane rut. And dude come by me. I was like headed toward this rut. And he came by me and like legit stole this rut. Like I missed it completely because I watched him go through it as I was trying to go through the corner. He and Go ahead. He was laying it down. So I was like, all right, I know Buddy at least like 50 years old. You should not be going this fast right now. Which he wasn't fifty, but still. Yeah, no, he's. Uh, I mean, really, if you think about it, when I started training with him, which was really probably oh six, oh seven, when really I think he um, did the arena cross. I think maybe more, or he focused on it more. Maybe. Anyways, regardless of the fact, um, you know, he was always doing these arena cross races, and I think that that's where he got his good corner technique because you know in arena cross it's only 21 to 23 seconds a lap time so you know that a lot of your uh lap time is based off pretty much the whoops and the corners because everybody else is going to be doing the same rhythm everybody jumps the catapult it's how fast can you enter these corners how fast can you go through these corners and how fast can you exit these corners and worry about the whoops and literally that's it and that was pretty much the main thing that we worked on, um, even mm-hmm. from, you know, when I was watching him train Mike McDade, Brock Tickle, Kyle Peters, um, you know, I, I think even PJ showed up one time. I know Tyler was there. Um, uh, Isaiah Murph was one of my training coaches there for a while. Um, and it's just, oh, he is, he is a full-on local legend, and, you know, he has been racing against, you know, Kevin Walker and Mike Brown for years and years. And even though that he doesn't race much anymore, I don't even know when the last time that he even touched a dirt bike was, to be honest, because I don't see any pictures or anything like that of him on a dirt bike. I think he just focuses on, um, he owns a RV um, campsite now, I believe. Uh, with his oh, Jim w- does? Yes, with his wife, Marcia. and uh, But he also builds tracks on the side. Um I know for a fact that he went to go and work for like UPS or FedEx or something like that. And this was maybe right after he got done pretty much training kids and started focusing on Luke a little bit more. 
and kind of switching, you know, switching his life around a little bit with what he was doing. And yeah, he just completely got this job. And then about a month later, he said, no, I can't have a real job because literally motocross has been his entire job, his entire life. Oh, dude, this, I mean, you, it is hard to like, just walk away from moto cold Turkey. Like it's hard to walk, walk away from moto at all in general. Like, trust me, I've tried, but it, it just doesn't work. No, it always comes back and it seems to slam you harder every single time. Oh, dude, it's like once it's in your blood, it's in your blood. It's like you, you, it's like an addiction you just can't get rid of. Yeah, and uh, one of the things was is that Jim, uh, we would always pick, uh, we'd always pick on him for how short he was. But now looking at it and thinking about it right now, Heavy D, think about what we talked about in the last episode with the short stature of riders that are so fast. And Jim Neese is a, is a, you know, prodigal son of that. So, um, yeah, Jim Neese, local legend, uh, trained me for a long time, uh, super cross podium guy behind Ernesto Fonseca in 99, uh, pro for a really long time, had a good outdoor career too. Um, I believe that most of the time he rode two fifties, uh, he rode one twenty fives in supercross from what I saw and um 250 outdoors um and i think that his best finish was 10th but it was in the 125 class in his first year so that would have been 92 southwick he finished i think it was i think it was 10th or an eighth i can't remember right off the bat but uh still regardless of the fact fast everywhere local legend he trained honestly a lot of the local legends that we speak of um on this podcast Tyler Bright and uh Josh Thomas so um that's just some of them that he's trained and he's he's you know he, he obviously knows his stuff and he's been around the sport for a really long time so um yeah local legend Jim Neese anything else for uh Jim Neese heavy D He's the man I can tell you that He is the man that is for sure and if you want to be the man make sure to go and check out Hydropower. Hydropower is a formulated sports energy drink that is uh, that was created uh, and formulated by a sports nutritionist himself, Garrett, to help get rid of arm pump and increase your endurance so you can ride safer and faster. www.drinkhydropower.com um, will get you everything that you need to know for this drink. Uh, you can check out everything on their interactive website uh the almost five star reviews i think it's like 4.5 or 4.7 it's like over 3,000 reviews of people that enjoy it that love it that it works for them and heavy d i got mine in the mail finally because of my first order got a little uh got a little screwed up so I was able to try it this week in Heavy D, and I'm not going to say this for promotion-wise and because I'm sponsored by Hydropower, and and it's not just me. I let Charlie and I let Justin, who I was camping with, try it, and Justin came back right after his moto, and he said this stuff works because he he took the drink 30 minutes before his moto, like it says, and um, it's not chalky. It's blue raspberry flavor. Um, you can drink it all day. Uh you know, 
no crash, no no nothing. Heavy D. I mean, I have it right here in my water bottle, and I've been drinking on it all day. Even if I'm at work climbing 23 rail cars, or I'm sitting here at home doing the podcast, I have the hydropower uh, in my hand since Friday. And you can ask anybody that was around my pits uh, this weekend or that saw me. I guarantee that I probably had a hydropower bottle. Uh, and had some hydropower in it. So, um, and heavy D, I'm gonna get you to try some this weekend. I got I got a tub for you. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give get you to uh, get you to try it for me. And uh, see I what... gonna, I'm gonna probably have to because I might. Uh, I mean, I ain't trying to pound anything, but I might have a few beers, so I'm gonna need some recovery. Hey, this is premium or premier hydration, heavy D. You, I mean, this this stuff works. And to be completely honest, you know me, I come off the couch every single time pretty much oh true facts true facts and for me to go out there and not get arm pump and not get as tired as i was before is a phenomenal feeling and that came from the help of hydropower so um you know i tested it I think it's phenomenal. I think it's good. It tastes really good. The blue raspberry flavor, I could just drink that all day long. It's not chalky like some of these other uh, sports nutritionist drinks out there or sports you know, energy drinks or anything like that. Um, so just go to drinkhydropower.com. They have lemonade. They have blue raspberry. And uh, yeah, check out the reviews. Check out everything and get you some hydropower. If you see me at the racetrack, be like, hey, let me get a let me let me try that. Let me try that hydropower and see if I like it. I guarantee that you will say that it is a ten out of ten. Um, and moving on from from hydropower, we have to go into our brand new sponsor uh, that is on board with us as well. That's Dirt Industries Custom Bra- Graphics in Rayford, North Carolina. And uh, for over ten years, they have designed, manufactured, and marketed the highest quality dirt bike graphics and decals to the motocross and consumer markets their high quality deals are considered by many to be the best in the industries if you would like to get your graphics looking top notch look go no further than dirt industries and that's dirtindustriesgraphics.com this weekend at the silver valley race heavy d we're gonna have the four banners that we got from uh the amazing folks at dirt industries custom graphics and actually sent me over uh i think it was maybe one or two um, you know, uh, previews of what it would look like. We had to change maybe one or two things, and it was quick and easy, and it was at my door the next day, Heavy D. Oh, man, they're, like I say, like, they're top-notch. That's why, like, even before they came on board, I've always, I've dealt with them as long as they've been around, you know, because they've always done fantastic work. Right. And, I mean, it's undeniable. Like, anytime you get good customer service and, like, your work their work is just as good especially for what you ordered i mean you can't go wrong and honestly customer service is number one like in my personal opinion like you got to have good customer service and they have fantastic customer service and they do everything they can to make sure you are 100 percent happy with the product before it ever gets sent to you and if it means them working day and night and around the clock to make sure that happens, they do it. And it showed. I mean, heck, look how fast those banners came in. Yeah, I mean, she sent me the video of them being printed. Some of you may have seen that on our social media. Um, but, yeah, the next day I couldn't believe it that it was that it was 
you know, at my door. And it was great that we live in the same uh, region. So it's one day, even if you send it ground, but still the time to put it all together real nicely, package it up, take it, you know, take it to the, to the store or have the person come and pick it up, file the order, you know, everything like that. It's, uh, it's, it was really, really cool to see. And, uh, I have never, uh, to be completely honest, I've never had a, uh, graphics company do that do that much for me in such a quick uh turnaround time so um make sure you guys go to dirtindustriesgraphics.com and you guys will save 10 percent if you guys use the code in all uppercase imperative mx with no space so if you want to save 10 percent on your dirt bike graphics from dirt industries custom graphics Type in Imperative MX for 10% off your next orders um, or your next order. And uh, moving into the final topic uh, of the night, uh, Heavy D, it's kind of be going to be kind of a short one. We don't have much to talk about other than the highly anticipated um, Silver Valley MX Park race is coming up this weekend, and we had the Lake Sugar Tree Halloween Bash and. Um, now we're starting to get down towards the, uh, towards the end of the year, Heavy D, and, uh, we're going to have to start coming up with some stuff to, uh, to talk about because, uh, because it's starting to get a little slim, but regardless of the fact, uh, everybody seems to really be, you know, enjoying it. And this is a good time for me to kind of plug in my YouTube channel since I just did a, uh, video on the Lake Sugar Tree Halloween bash, uh, just kind of just a raw footage throughout the entire weekend for the most part. Well, really just the, uh, Halloween bash itself, uh, the Supercross race, but showing you everything and. I just want to say the support has honestly been unreal to Imperative MX. Heavy D, we're about to hit 22K on TikTok. We just hit 1,000 on Facebook yesterday, and we're at like 602 or 603 on Instagram right now. So the support from the listeners, the um, the fans has been honestly unbelievable, and uh, this is the perfect time for me to say Thank you to all of the listeners listening at home in your car with your girlfriend, with your dog, whatever it may be. We want to say thank you, and uh, we have so much more still to uh, to come. Heavy D. Oh yeah, I can't I can't wait to see what the future holds. You know, like, like you said, support's been awesome, and I mean, it's only going to go up. You know, I think people really dig, it, especially hearing about the local scene, which you don't really hear about a lot, and and I think it really needs to be heard, especially you know. If you can get the word out about a lot of the local kids that are more top tier that don't get top tier attention, but what if like that top tier attention gets heard through us, right? About them, you know what I mean? And I think people dig that, and you know, like I said, I'm excited for it, and I I couldn't be more more happier. Yeah, word of mouth is huge. Word of mouth is uh, is definitely huge, and uh, here we try to help out anybody we can, especially in this small little, uh, you know, it may not seem little, especially when I just came back from the huge uh, Lake Sugar Tree Halloween Bash, but compared to other sports, we're definitely small, so uh, just trying to keep this sport alive, and especially the local community as well, and the uh, local sponsors that are on board and that are reaching out to us is uh, is honestly phenomenal as well, and we're glad that everybody is uh is enjoying this and uh 
sees that there's a need for it and uh that was one of the main reasons that we started it and uh that we just are huge dirt bike enthusiasts and um you know heavy d's along and and myself and we couldn't be um you know any any better uh than you know the two people sitting right here for you guys as the listeners at home so uh but moving on from the uh the sob story there uh <laughs> uh <laughs> no i'm just i'm just kidding but the uh, the professional talk um one of the big things is that the local uh morgantown north carolina i think that's where dax Bennick is from um mm-hmm. and uh he just signed with star racing yamaha now is that a um is next year outdoors i want to say will be his pro debut uh, uh i didn't i didn't I read say- i didn't read the uh press press release to see if he's even on a one-year or a two-year deal it's fun. they don't really they very soundly because uh you know disclose that stuff or what they really got him under so it probably i want to say it'd be like a couple year deal at least yeah um but i mean honestly i'm not sure what the plan is there like only reason i say i'm not sure i would say it would be to go outdoors like the last four rounds like do loretta's in eight and go like the last few rounds but like after the whole like digging situation with the bike i highly doubt they'll like they'll they'll do that you don't think they'll show up you don't think they'll show up with a star racing bike at uh <laughs> at loretta's if, next year if, if they do that i'll be like extremely surprised like i really would mm. nothing against like no, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah 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 i i know i know but yeah i you know what? you do have a good point there it'll be very interesting to see if uh because really he's the uh he's the one rider that they got that right now uh, out of their 36 uh star rider you know yeah compound that they have um but man did you see uh because the yamaha intro for the 2023 450 and uh i guess 250 i think it was maybe mostly the 450 that they were therefore but regardless of the fact the goat farm and the fact in the um the shop and everything that they have built there is honestly unbelievable and uh it's really really cool to see i um, mean it's it's actually it's smart how they done it like it probably you think of how much money they probably spent in california having the shop and all like it's expensive out there so, like, by them building that shop and doing all that, they probably cut their expenses in half. That's probably why they can afford to have 38,422 riders on the team. Yeah, and um, I think in the future we will be seeing a lot more teams moving out of California. I think oh, uh, yeah. I think we're going to see a huge load of uh, teams be coming to the East Coast and be getting out of the uh, Hollywood, California uh, drag strip out there. Yeah, I can, I can definitely. Oh, sorry, I can definitely see that happening. Um, um, I could probably see Kawasaki maybe in the near future. Somebody like a team like Twisted T Suzuki, and uh, other other teams like that. KTM, I'm not sure because they own half the damn block in California. Yeah, and <clears throat> I don't know if uh if Honda would even um move either. I think that they would stay where they are as well. Um, and to be completely honest, going on Cowie, I think Cowie would stay too. Because, dude, you got to think, Mitch. I mean, not saying Mitch Payton is there, but I mean, 
Mitch Payton is Kawasaki. Mitch he's Payton Kawasaki. is Mitch Payton is Kawasaki, and he ain't and he's not leaving. Um, it's funny. It's funny you say that because after I said probably Kawasaki, <laughs> I literally thought, okay, that was probably a dumb statement because Mitch Payton is basically Kawasaki. Kawasaki. Yeah, and all the first circuit is out there. Like, there ain't no way they moved that big ass shop. Well, I mean, okay, so you have. Pro Circuit Kawasaki, and then you have the Monster Energy Kawasaki, but they're not they're not together, right? Like Mitch has his own shop, and the Monster Energy Kawasaki has their own shop, and the Monster Energy Kawasaki team, to uh, I I don't think they used anything that is Pro Circuit. No, nah, they use Pro Circuit exhaust. Oh, okay, so they do use the exhaust. They didn't do it for one year. And okay, twenty twelve. Oh, twenty twelve. Yeah, they they used the FMF in 2012. With Barsha? No, uh, with Kawasaki. It was when Bill. Oh, Lowe oh, was right. oh, Cowie, Cowie, Cowie. Oh, I got you. Really? He was. He had an FMF pipe on in 12. Who Kawasaki? Yeah. Yeah. Go oh. Back and look. Oh wow, I'm gonna have to look at that afterwards. I'll probably throw it up here on the screen after I find it, but um. Yeah, I I don't know. I I I couldn't see unless Mitch moves. But at this, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But regard regardless of the fact, it's cool that uh, going back uh, into the topic that we're talking about, Daxon Bennett uh, moving into the Star Racing Yamaha, uh, moving out of the Orange Brigade, uh, Daniel Blair uh, owned or, or managed now um, side of things. So. Uh, I think that's going to be a good fit for him. Um, it's going to be, it's crazy. I mean, you got to think Hayden and Daxton have been going at it for their entire careers. And now they're on the same team, team together, living at the, you know, grinding at the same place every single day. So I think that that's kind of, that's kind of maybe not weird, but odd. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like they, I mean, so they're friends though they're 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 oh, yeah, yeah, they're no, like legitimately they're, friends yeah 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 no nah, they're they're cool as can be like there ain't no animosity there like right they're, yeah they're they're cool as can be but at the same time you know uh, so i'm pretty sure three i want to say a couple years ago i think they offered Dax a deal on Star, but Star was still in California, so I don't. I think that's kind of why he didn't take it because he was. I mean, we he, Dax has a compound at his house, so at the yeah. time he really didn't need to go to California that young. Well, and his dad was a professional freestyle rider, wasn't he, or a stunt rider yeah. or something? So, um, yeah, kind of almost the same. But that's probably honestly why they click so well is because they have both you know both of their fathers were you know freestyle people and have been around the motocross scene and um all of that good stuff so um but no it's it's really cool to see uh daxton bennick uh get the ride uh he's a north carolina kid uh, i feel like his future is bright uh he did really well at loretta's this year his last couple of years at loretta's in the b class on the big bike have not gone the way that he wanted to but he made redemption this year to get that title so um and everybody can say you know hating this hating that you know whatever hey at loretta's is all about consistency and if you have that one bad moto then hey that 
that's not on the guy that won. So. Yeah, and I mean, you know, me personally, I mean, I'm not a team manager. Far from it. We'll never be a team manager. But if I'm looking for a rider, and like I say, nothing against Deegan because, I mean, the kid's fast. He throws down, and it's proven. And I'm pretty sure he'll win, win championships in the professional ranks. I think yep. Dax has the opportunity to as well. But I don't. I like kids, like riders, that are just can just flat out fast. But at the same time, like you got to have a consistent rider at the same time, a kid that can keep his head on his shoulders. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I feel like he's a he's a soft spoken type of dude. I've never I've never had a you know never held a conversation with him. Um, but from the outside looking in, uh, seems like he is uh, very smart. Seems like he, uh, you know, has his stuff together. Seems like he trains. Seems like he does every, you know, the daily grind. Um, and he's just trying to better and improve himself. And um, it seems to be working because Star Racing Yamaha picked him up, um, whether it be a couple of years ago or right now. So uh, he's moving in the upward direction. So that's cool. Um, another amateur rider to speak of, uh, Liam Olaf. Um, that is Joe Olaf's. Uh, when I was actually looking at Jim Neese's results, Joe Olaf showed up a lot uh, in that Jim Neese had to race. But um, Liam just signed with the NSA Rock River, um, yeah, I think it's uh, Yamaha Factory Amateur Support Team, uh, the same team that Logan Best is on and Evan Ferry. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, dude, Liam, I'm telling you right now on this podcast, episode number four, that kid is going to be a weapon like on this 250 and moving up that kid is going to like i don't care he's from california i've only seen him race once and that was at lake sugar tree for the moto vroom vroom before he went to loretta's but oh my god heavy d like i do not think that i've actually ever physically seen a rider that, dude he was keeping up with noah on a That's one it. on a 125, and this kid was on a super mini, and Noah actually had to try, and I could I could see it in Noah, like he was like, oh shit, like I gotta go, dude, like this this <laughs> super mini is on my tail, like, dude, he was hitting section at at Lake Sugar Tree, better than some of the pros that I've seen, dude, and even you know I had Chad Reed and Josh Grant and Zach Osborne, that kid lit up more than those guys did. Well, okay, maybe not Josh Grant, but uh. But uh, just out there on the tr – that kid is going to be a weapon, and I'm going to call it right now. And ever since that I saw him ride, I said, that kid is going places. I don't even know what his name is. I don't know who he is. Nothing. I I don't know nothing about this kid, but this kid's right here. He's going to go to Loretta's, and I said that he's going to win a title um, or be close to winning a title. And sure enough, the first moto that I watch, I'm underneath a rail car at work, and he wins the first moto. I'm like, no way. No way. This kid is really that good. Oh man! And I called it, and I called it out too. That was that was that was a cool feeling for me to be like, like you know, like I don't know if you get this from like <clears throat> maybe like ball sports. If you see them line up, you know, and you're like, okay, I know what play they're gonna do, and I know what receiver they're gonna throw it to, or who they're gonna hand it off to, or a screen play, or whatever it may be, right? Or right. you know, in basketball or whatever, and you and you know, maybe that touchdown happens or that first. You know, that first down happens because you called it, right? Like, that was for me whenever I called that Liam was either going to win or he was going to win a moto. 
Like, dude, I was stoked. I was like jumping up and down. I was like, dude, I knew it. Like, I knew this kid was gonna be good. Do you know? Do you know anything about Liam? No, honestly, only reason I don't is so many Olafs, dude. It is uh, so many of them. Dude, there's thirty eight of them, dog. There's <laughs> <laughs> so many of them. So when I seen them, I was like, all right, another Olaf. And I was like, all right, this ain't like another one of the typical Olafs. Like this kid throws down. Yeah, no, this is not, uh, no offense to all of the other Olafs on, 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 on here. This kid right here is not a privateer Olaf. This is a no. factory. This is a factory racer Olaf right here. And dude, to be honest, I, I was so, I, I wanted to learn more about this kid. So I went on to the AMA and looked at his results you know that he lives in Cali, so he goes and rides Paula and like these all, all these places all the time, right? But the races that he goes to are the big events. Like last year, he went and raced like um some like I'd have to actually go back to get this right, but I know for a fact that he only raced like maybe five or six races heading up into Loretta's, and I'm not kidding. Like this kid. Oh, really? Yes, he just grinds in his backyard, in the bedroom, somewhere where nobody can see him. Or he's just putting out laps at Paula, and everybody's just like, yeah, the kid's good. He's a local legend here. I don't know. Like, but dude, to only... And, and every single time, he got beat by Je, uh, by um, uh, Fapani. Jeffrey F uh, Fapani, I think that's what his name uh -huh. is. He was getting beat by him every single time that he raced in these california races that he went to and some of the bigger races that he went to and he finally got it done at loretta's and beat Fapani finally this year and so i know that that feeling right there had to be phenomenal because he had this Fapani kid all over him all year he didn't know like i'm just guessing right like he's like dude i've got to beat this kid at loretta's i've got to beat him i haven't beat him all year like that sort of thing you know what i'm so i'm telling you right now that that liam is going to be a, a force to reckon uh, reckon with when he gets older for sure and he's just now getting on to the 250f so and he looks good already holy cow oh it's just one of those deals like it's crazy like how some of those kids they they don't really shine that much on smaller bikes, but as they get into the bigger bikes, dude, they start to like just unleash. Sort of like Seth Hamaker. Yep. Like he was, you know, he was fast on a super mini, but when he got on a big bike, it was a game changer. He's, yeah, he, he he he's 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 it was an it was a new level when he hopped on big bikes for and, sure. And that was that was the same for me with my with my career. When I was on 60s and 80s, I wasn't really that good. Like I I was a top 10 at the North Carolina uh, state championship type of type of kid, right? But it wasn't until I got to the B class that I really picked up my speed, and that's when I became fast, if you want to say that. So, um, but no, really cool for the amateur side that two kids that. Um, that you or me both know, um, getting these rides. So, um, that's really cool. Dax Bennick and, uh, Liam Olaf here on the Imperative MX podcast. Episode number four brought to you by West Virginia Motorsports, FXR, Silver Valley MX Park, Hydro Power, and of course, 
Dirt Industries Custom Graphics. Um, let's talk about Ken Roxon. Let's get into this conversation. Um, <laughs> apparently, he's, I guess he's at club for the entire week, um, riding the 2023 YZ450. And uh, I'm not going to lie, Heavy D, he looks good on that bike. Yeah, um... He he does. I, I'm not going to say he does. He does. You know, I hope it, it works out. I know he's still he's still out trying other bikes and other stuff like that. But I think for him, it's going to come down to. And granted, I've never been around Ken, so I can't say how that would be. But like some some of those guys are like extremely picky yeah and you know when you get to that level and like i said i'm not taking anything from club mx or their team you know what i mean right um but at the same you just gotta just sitting back and looking and, and ken may not care i don't know he's been around he's been he's been around teams that have everything well yes guys on guys around like somebody's always somebody's there to assist maybe even multiple guys to assist on one thing right and you know Club Max, they have you know their their guys now i don't think they have i'm not sure i could be wrong like i say but i'm not sure if they have the abundance of staff that the other top tier teams have and that could be the only downfall to that, I would say. So, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You, you, so, go ahead. So, so, you're wondering if they're up to his standards, like as far yes. as, far as um, his bike setup, the program, everything like that. But my, I almost want to come back and say, well, the, the whole reason that Jeremy Martin went there was so that he can get stuff that other teams wouldn't allow him to get, or they wouldn't want to go out of that bubble. Like almost like the same thing with Tomac. The the reason that he switched to star racing Yamaha is because he was stuck in a bubble at Cowie. So was Ken Roxton stuck in a bubble so much at Honda that he just figured that he can't get out. And so, I mean, this isn't the whole reason, right? But maybe he wants to go to club that there's not any restrictions on what you can and can't do. If you're comfortable, fine. We'll make sure that we, you know, get it or try to get it or try to make it or, you know, whatever the case may be. But then you have to think about Red Bull, okay? Because you know that these two parties aren't separating. So, um, and to be completely honest, me and Nicole talked a little bit earlier. There's no way that Ken brings Red Bull to Club MX for Ken to ride at for club right there's no way that happens right no actually well here's the thing they don't have an energy drink that, sponsor that's what i'm so saying it, it wouldn't hurt honestly like i don't think it would matter because i'm pretty sure i want to say gear had monster at one time i could be wrong but like that like that won't matter because when stewart wrote for jgr he had red bull yeah, you're right. You're right. But are they gonna be okay? So let's say let's say that he okay. So we're just gonna we're just gonna play this out. If Ken goes to club, 
there's no way in hell that he gets the same amount of money that he did at Honda, right? For for a one year deal, there's no way, right? Oh no! If they, I don't, golly, because that's I mean, what that's probably what probably a one a one point five million dollar contract just for one year. <coughs> Shoot, okay. Five. What was his contract with Honda? Years wise, and I can I can tell you. I can't remember the years, and I can you give me the years, and I can tell you the numbers. Uh, One, four years. Uh, so he had seventeen through two thousand and twenty-two, because seventeen was the year that he got hurt. Four so you want to, yeah? Five years, okay. His contract with Honda for five years was ten mil. So he got two point five every year. Yeah, about it was about two point five every year. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. No. No offense to the title sponsors on the on the club <laughs> yeah. and Mex team, but dude, that ain't but. Dude, they have a lot of riders too, though, man. Like, like, dude, like, I mean. But here, I, I here's the thing, so. Okay, so I'm going to go out on the limb and say this. Okay. And I, I, don't remember, I could probably be wrong, but this is just my assumption. I'm not trying to put words in anybody's mouth. This is just Heavy but D's opinion, everybody. This is my opinion with this. <laughs> yes, they have Jeremy. Uh, yeah, they have Phil. And yes, they have. Um, March yeah. Banks. Yep. Here's why, and a lot of people don't know this, but this is my answer. I do know this. I probably shouldn't say it, but I don't give a shit. A lot of these guys have singled out sponsors. So, therefore, club don't have to dish out money to them if that makes sense to you. So you're saying that almost the sponsorships pay for the riders instead of the team paying for the riders? Yes. These, I got they you. They got individual spot that pay for them so they can ride that bike. Yeah, so for example, if you, the listener, do not understand what Heavy D is talking about, that's helmet uh, deals, that is uh, goggle deals, that's uh, book bag like OGO type of deals, that's uh, an energy drink sponsorship deal, that's a... Uh, you know, a Renthal deal. That's a pro filter, air filter deal. Whatever these single one sponsor deals are that they're stuck to that, you know, one brand or whatever that it may be on these teams that aren't factory, um, you can keep those sponsors on board. And that's what Heavy D is hinting to. Oh, well, it's not, dude, it's not even so much as them. These are just regular Joe Blow, like, guys, like, that just love the sport. It ain't even so much as a sponsor in like. It, you you mean almost like an investor? Yes. Okay. Investor. There you go. go. Okay. So investor in yeah. So skip out on what I just said two minutes ago, and now switch hands to investor. So there's there's people out there that believe in these riders and are going to fork them out money so that they can continue to do what they love. Like they're almost like super fans of the sport and they love this one particular rider because they might have grew grow up in the same area or the dads might know each other or something something of that sort right so these big investors are going to put money in and you know these riders get policies on themselves they get insurance policies on themselves so if they finish inside the top five they can make a hell of a lot of money doing that too oh yeah without a doubt so um yeah, and we know that Ken had uh, also bought some Cowies that he tested, but 
to be honest, I never saw any videos on the Cowies, so th so that almost throat because I've been hearing that he bought Cowies like a couple months ago, or well, pretty much right as soon as the Honda thing um, ended up happening. Um, that I heard that he went out and bought two 450s, uh, one for practice and then one to build like an actual, I guess, race bike. Um, but don't quote me on that. But I know that he bought some Cowie 450s to test. Um, and now, obviously, he's at Club MX. He was on the Firepower Honda team for the World Supercross Championship. So I, I really don't think it really depends on what bike Ken Roxon gets on. I think he's still going to be um, he's still going to be good, and I think that he could still win a race here here or there. It's going to take a lot for me to be like, okay, he's a championship contender. But we know that the first half of these races, and especially the first two laps. There is nobody, nobody on this earth when he's feeling it for those first two laps that can keep up with him. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, like I said, I could be wrong. Like, he could go sign with him and it all work out. You know what I mean? Yep. But I'm, I'm just looking at it from a different perspective. Like you say, you know, Jeremy, he got away from that because he wanted to outsource a little bit more, which I get it, you know. Like uh, uh, some of those teams, like like Cowie and Tomei, like he's confined to one thing, and it just wasn't for him. Yeah, he made it work, but like as you can see now, he got with Star, and it's like, all right, he's a completely different dude. Yeah, out um, there. So, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy to see what we're. Uh, what we're witnessing here uh, from the four or five years that he was with Honda and now he's just going out and just giving teasers to everything and just make and honestly bro to be completely honest I feel like that is a marketing strategy because everybody is talking about him so it's a marketing strategy and honestly it's perfect I agree I, I agree with you I, I, I'm not going against you on that one I do agree yeah, so his uh his agent Steve <laughs> is doing a phenomenal job. Um, is there anything else on the professional side that you've seen or uh, want to talk about Heavy D that we haven't already talked about? I mean, no. Nah, I mean, I thought honestly, I think the Roxon ordeal is pretty interesting to me personally. You know, just because I mean, you got don't get me wrong, like uh, he Roxon's had his ups and downs these past several years, but oh, like. He's a high caliber rider, and it's like he's literally up for grabs. Yeah, and it makes you want to like, come on, has somebody's had to like offer you something? Like, yeah. And is it is it one of those deals where okay, like, yeah, but I can go do my own thing and make more money, or just do it for the marketing reasons, or? It's it's a numerous amount of things, man. It's and it's like and it what what gets me even more is of all the people, he goes to club and that's the, like the first one he puts out there. Yeah. I mean you I mean oh. it clear as day, you knew that it was club by the hubs and the triple clamp color colors. Oh, I knew, I knew by the track and the scenery. Yeah, by the uh, because the first one that I saw was the just a small little snippet that he put out, right? And that was one of the uh, new Supercross tracks for, mm -hmm. for for me seeing on video, right? So I couldn't tell where he where like where he was on the property, but I knew it was club just because of the scenery, the trees and stuff. 
but it really really brought it out to me when i noticed the uh when i actually looked at the bike and i saw the triple clamps and the uh the teal colored um hubs that he had on oh yeah and i was just like uh okay like nothing like i say nothing against that but i was just it really made me wonder i was like okay like it, it really when you bring up marketing it makes a lot of sense uh but at the same time it's like all right i could for some reason even with marketing I may say they may not be up to his his standard just because of what he's dealt with in the past, you know. But if it's for marketing at the same time, I could see him going there and doing it, you know. You know what I just thought about Heavy D? Remember how I was What's talking? That? You know how I was talking about that he may only do, uh, or he may only be a World Supercross rider for 2023, and he may not do AMA Supercross and or uh, Motocross. Yeah, Club MX is is a part of the World Supercross Championship. Makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, I, they, I literally just thought about that. Yeah, uh, him yeah. and uh. Him and Brandon done struck up a deal. Yeah, dude. I think I think that's really what it is, bro. I think that that's what it's gonna be. I really uh, do. I mean, if if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But they done struck up a deal. It. it I mean, it only makes like me personally. It only makes sense. I can see, like, because where because yeah, where else is he gonna go? <laughs> Unless he's gonna start up a team for himself, and there's no way that he's gonna go to Firepower Honda. There's no way he's going to do that going into for Supercross and Motocross, bro. He would get so much more attention. He'd have so much more fun doing the World Supercross stuff. He wouldn't have that American pressure on him. And he can go and win a World Supercross championship and still make a hell of a lot of money at it. Oh, and, yeah. And, and, it, and he would basically, he wouldn't have to answer to nobody because he would have a lot of free range with there. Like, he would still do his deal, but, like, he would have a lot of free range because, like. Dude, he's Brandon Ken Roxon. He's Ken yeah, Roxon. Is anybody going to tell him no? <laughs> yeah, Brandon would do what he had to do, do what he had to do to make sure he was happy at all times. Yeah, because you, you want to keep the most markable or marketable um, motocross racer or supercross racer on your roster and i guarantee that you will make sure you will do especially for a club being the small team compared to the factory honda team right like mm -hmm. dude that could be a really big thing and that's why i say what if he brings along red bull to uh help with the team for finances for supercross and or uh the world supercross championship for next year so that's the only reason i brought up red bull um for Club MX is because maybe they strike a, a deal where, hey, you know, part of this Red Bull money goes it goes to you for your salary because the team, you know, is not acclimated to pay that much. So, um, you know, you're going to take a little bit of a pay cut, but guess what? You get to do anything you want. Nobody's going to tell you no, and you get to just pretty much do what you want and go and, world, go and win a World Supercross championship. You may have a wild card here and there with Tomac or Anderson or you know, Jet or somebody like that, right? But they're not racing the entire thing because they're staying here for the Super Motocross uh, championship uh, that's going to be next year. So Exactly. So um, that's enough on, on that. 
And, uh, yeah. This is the end of the, uh, episode number four of the Imperative MX podcast. We talked about the Lake Sugar Tree Halloween Bash. We talked about the Silver Valley MX Park, uh, AB All-Star, uh, $20,000 race that is going to be happening this weekend. And, uh, like Heavy D and, and myself said, uh, there's a lot of people that are leaving out tomorrow. So, uh, make sure you are there. And, uh, if we see you guys there, make sure to, uh, come and say hi to us. Um, you know, we, we'd like to enjoy your company and, uh, talk about some local motocross action. And, uh, yeah, uh, good episode, Heavy D. Uh, have to give it up to our sponsors, West Virginia Motorsports, Hydro Power, Silver Valley MX Park, uh, Dirt Industries, Custom Graphics, and FXR. So, um, Heavy D, it has been, uh, has been a great episode, a lot of good talking points, especially uh, there towards the end with the whole Roxon deal. I think we may be the first ones to figure out what is happening. <laughs> hey, if we do... That'd be sick if we did figure out what happened. I know if we just figure it out just now, and the and pretty much the videos just came out this week, and we did this uh, podcast. But that would that would make us look good, Heavy D. And then if it's not, then it's not. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. But hey, we like I said, we give our opinions on what we think and what possibly could be. So if it is, hey, it makes us look pretty good. But if it ain't, hey, we had a good idea of what might could have happened. It made it made sense, and that's all that matters. Yeah. So, uh, so no ink might have never you know touched the paper, but um, it was a it was a good point for sure. So, uh, but thank you to all of our sponsors once again. Um, this episode uh, will be up every Thursday uh, for the Imperative MX podcast on YouTube and on Spotify. So make sure that if you haven't checked us out on Spotify to follow, and all of the episodes will be there as well. So, um, yeah. This is it for episode number four of the Imperative MX Podcast. I am your host, Zach Newberry, co-host, Heavy D. Uh, we, hope, we hope everyone stays safe riding and always remember to have fun. And uh, hope to see you guys this weekend. And if not, we'll see you next week for the newest episode of the Imperative MX Podcast. We'll see you all later. See you.